1: We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right, sell your car the instant way and get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars.
2: Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse.
1: Looking through red and black lenses, it's In The Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yeah, just gone 7 o'clock here on SENZ. This is in the red. Ricardo Ball and Justin Marshall are with you. And, Marshy, of course, talking all about the Crusaders for the next half an hour. And I know you've gone you've gone deep into the contact books again. You called in a favour and we've got, uh, we've got the boss. Uh, we've got Razor on the show in, a, in around quarter of an hour's time. How do you think he'll be feeling after the weekend?
0: Yeah, good evening to you, Ricardo, and good evening to all the listeners. Um, great to be at the start of the week and looking forward to what is going to be? I think a belter of a week and a weekend of rugby. Um, I think probably firstly, just to explain why I thought that I would get Razor back on was simply because what a what a sort of couple of weeks they've got. They've got the Chiefs uh, this weekend, and then that's followed up by the Blues. So I think as a coach, you sort of structure your season, which has been thrown a little bit uh, in, into the wilderness when they had to come to Queenstown and sort of deal with that adversity. But all the teams had to do that. And then you look at building your momentum, um, working your players, I guess, into uh, the season in a way that when you get those difficult games, those um, those games that you're, you're targeting to get your best players out performing, um, you're ready to roll. And I feel that, for the crusaders that's this weekend like i said they've got the chiefs followed by the blues both at home both momentum style games they're sitting at the top of the ladder at the moment so it'd be really really interesting to talk to razor about his mindset and selection and his mindset into season structure um look coming off the weekend uh he gambled <laughs> perfectly honest ricardo didn't he and um he, he, nearly, he nearly faced uh, the ultimate humiliation because he came up against a side that many predicted they'd comfortably beat, beat even with the side he put out. But they, they took him to the 79th minute to achieve a bonus point win. So, I don't know. It'd be really interesting um, to ask him, won't it, mate, how, how, he, how he felt about the team that he put out, what he got out of the game um, and how satisfied he was even though he achieved probably everything he wanted out of it.
1: Yeah, well, I I think the telling thing for me was, and this is nothing against Brody McAllister, I think if you just looked at the bench the Crusaders had, he went, who have I got who's a forward leader who can straighten us up and get us over the advantage line? And he he brought Cody on and he made a massive difference in that second half.
0: And and tactically as well, when the game was still in their control, but they needed to keep it distanced from Wana Pacifica who were showing glimpses of real t- potential when they they were either allowed into the game by the Crusaders through errors, or they found a way back into the game themselves. Because let's face it, they they lost all the statistics, pos- uh, particularly possession and territory. But when they had their moments and had opportunities with ball in hand, they they found breaches in the line. They found um, you know opportunities, and they they looked dangerous. So. I think at the stage that he introduced some key players into the game, uh, and, and as you mentioned, somebody like Cody Taylor, hey, look, mate, it, it wasn't razzle-dazzle rugby by any means, mm. um, but Cody Taylor, um, under you know, without Sam Whitelock and Scott Barrett there, having him on the bench to come into that forward pack, and it's like, right, boys, there's nothing special going to go on here. Kick that ball bloody, you know, into the at least five to sort of eight metre towards uh, to the try line. And we are simply going to orchestrate what we do well, which is a driving mall. I'll get in at the rudder of the of the ship and I will control it and we'll put these boys away when we need to. And having that experience, you know, I is is un- uncoachable, you know, that, that just comes um, you know, with the basically the talent and the depth that he's got on that side and, and it really worked for them.
1: It's like having a coach on the field, isn't it? The way the way yeah. Cody orchestrated everything in that second half, particularly when he knew they needed a try to get the bonus point, and you know, right, in, and it was what two minutes after the final whistle would have gone, and they're still playing. <laughs> and he's like, "No, we need to get here. We need to get here." And he set them up, and uh, he got got himself another meat pie.
0: Yeah, and I think probably when you think about the Crusaders and everybody out there, will probably nod their head when I say this because it, it's when they get into the dark depths of games that you you look at some of the faces that come up on the screen and you see the likes of Sam Whitelock and Scott Barrett and Cody Taylor uh, in particular and, and, the, and Joe Moody, you know, seasoned, hardened All Blacks, you know, and, and then you throw, throw the sort of the, the generals of the Mitch Drummonds and the Bryn Halls who have played 100 super games led by an orchestrated Richie Moanga, um, you know, there, there's there's some real uh, experience there, and you go, right, it's uh, twenty all with five minutes to play. I know who I'm backing mm. because that, that 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 experience and that knowledge of the game at that stage of the game, those guys have been through it many, many, many times in their careers. At the weekend, uh, that very um, immature Crusaders side didn't have those big names. They didn't have those players that you would rely on if the game was in the balance. Now it wasn't, but it still needed to be put away. And so, you know, one player to a degree in that forward pack. you know, you look at the loose forwards, you know, you've, you've, you've got Pablo Matera, but he's really finding his feet and finding his way. So as much as he's got experience, he's not really leading. Um, you know, you've got Tom Christie, who's just out there working hard, but he's not been to that cold face before. So, you know, they, they, they were really lacking that. Even Ethan Blackadder, um, you know, who was great to see him back, but he's really raw and green too. So I, I think that you don't underestimate the influence that Cody Taylor had and just, I guess, securing that game when they really needed it and and being composed enough to get that bonus point because that usual mantra that they have and and that uh, wealth of experience that wins them a lot of games, sometimes they shouldn't even be winning. Um wasn't wasn't there so yeah Razor will be really pleased with what he brought to the game when he was introduced
1: yeah I I mean do you think there's anybody out of this lineup that started on the weekend um, that has played themselves into the reckoning I mean I know George Bridge will always be there thereabouts uh, and you know you could say the same about Tom mm. Christie and George Bauer um, and a couple of others maybe but uh, you know in general was there anybody that was given an opportunity that really took it do you think
0: uh, look, I, cert- I certainly think that um, George Bridge had a much, much better game. Started mm-hmm. to look like the really hard player he is to tackle. Like a lot of people kind of go, Oh, what is it with George Bridge? You know, why? You know, we know he can finish, we know he's got speed, but he has this sort of innate ability to beat defenders. And started to see that, like even close to the ruck. I, I think I was talking about it during the game when I was commentating, saying, Look at George Bridge, you can see him. And he was constantly hovering on the inside of Hickey, or looking to sort of be on be on the outside of uh, Tahuria Arangi, who got an opportunity. And he was in those zones where he's very dangerous, and constantly broke it, broke a tackle, broke, made a mini line break, and then offloaded. And that, and they were, you know, they were have, getting either momentum from what he was doing, or um, you know, he was giving try assists. So. Razor would be really pleased with what he saw out of him. There's massive competition in that back three, really, really difficult to select. And actually, I'll say back four from centre out, uh, you know, and you and you bring David Havili back into the mix as well. Uh, so you really need to make sure you're on your game. And I thought George Bridge probably wasn't in the first round, um, you know. So and 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 Severus Reece, we know his qualities, so he's probably one. Um, I think I said in the game, and, and I'm always happy to be wrong, uh, I, I certainly thought Pablo Matera had a real presence at number 8 and I thought he would be better suited uh, to, to that position, that he would find his way into the game better. And he certainly did in the first 10 to 12 minutes. But then um, he got tight again. Uh, and we saw him sort of 1-2 off the ruck. And I don't know whether that's where he's at his best. Um, and, and so he kind of, in the early exchanges, he was getting the ball sort of two to three out in the wider channels. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is where you're dangerous. So um, I'm unsure about him, if I was perfectly honest. I thought, look, you're always going to get plenty of change out of Dunshay and, and Quinton Strange. Um, you're always going to be impressed with the work rate of the props. You know, Bauer was good. Um, and up front, McAllister, as you mentioned, has been outstanding. And Cody Cody's absence... Uh, <laughs> One one guy that um, did um, not really look like he was up to the speed of the game when he got introduced was Richie, mm. and, and you know that's probably a little bit of a worry for Razor. But then and again, off the bench, first game of the season, just trying to find his way, might have been a bit of, you know, this is this whole thing, isn't it? You know, is it better to get those players out there? The, these All Blacks that they say need the so-called rest and and. Um, they, they have to be on the, the, this catchphrase minutes or guys like Richie Moanga, who's at the peak of his career, you know, he just wants to play that kid and he wants to express himself, you know, holding him back. Is that a good thing? Because um, I thought he looked underdone by his usual standards. Um, apart from that, uh, I think everyone else was very good, but I think Razor will revert back to what he knows best, particularly for these next two games who are, who are going to be a real challenge for him. Because I I certainly don't think they've truly found their mojo yet. They're ticking along nicely, mate, and they're at the top of the log and people go, Oh man, there's more. I think there's more.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Interesting. Um in, in terms of Richie, then you, what do you think he's off the bench again and Fletcher Burke starts this weekend?
0: It's a. Uh... It's an interesting question, isn't it? Like I'm not sure about how the All blacks are reintroducing these players in and how they're managing them. Um, there's all sorts of speculation out there about the so-called minutes and and you know, without actually having it um, in black and white we' we're, we're kind of a really been really a little bit unsure. So you know whether he can he can run out and start and do and and play eighty minutes, which is what I think he needs. Um, is is probably at this stage, since he's had to sit out three rounds and not really anybody else has done that, or two rounds, I should say, is interesting. Personally, Fergus Burke's been really good and he hasn't missed a beat. And to be fair say, Simon Hickey, when he's come on and when he got a start, they haven't lacked um, being play, playing in the wrong areas. They haven't lacked leadership in that in that jersey. But when you, when you with the greatest respect to the teams that they've come up against um, recently, uh, the, the, the next two, uh, they are um, teams that you really need to dictate areas of the field and you need that real generalmanship. And look, you can't replicate that for a guy that's played you know, nearly 30 or over 30 test matches for the All Blacks, um, has the X Factor has been the starting ten for the Crusaders over the, you know, the last four to five years. I, I, I would start him regardless. Regardless of how he
1: looked. Yeah, okay, All right. well we'll find out a little bit more because up next, uh, the man who makes the decisions ultimately, Razor Robertson is going to join us on the phone here on In The Red on SENZ
2: Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse
1: In The Red, talking Crusaders rugby with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yeah, 16 past 7 here on In The Red, Ricardo Ball Justin Marshall with you and joining us on the phone is uh, the man who makes the big calls uh, when it comes to the Crusaders. It is uh, Rosa Robertson. G'day Rosa, how you doing? Uh, evening then. Mate, um how uh how happy were you with what you saw from Richie off the bench um against Moana and uh give us give us the skinny mate. Are you gonna start him against the Chiefs? Start with easy questions.
2: Well I was happy I was happy with the Maltry in the eighty first second um uh, <laughs> minute sorry. I don't think Richie was involved with that. But uh, <laughs> okay kept in the corner you know, after of penalty. Uh, yeah, look, it was clunky all around. Like, we'll, we'll just get down to it. It was one of our finest performances. But on a great note, we had six debutantes, and most we've ever had in one night um, as Crusaders, other than um, the first one back in 1996. And, uh, you know, it was great for them, for, for them, um, you know, for the whole families and for them to, to get their Crusaders a stone uh, in front of the the whole group and for for their families. So that that was great. But um, there's some parts of the performance we enjoyed and parts we we haven't even reviewed. So um, will Richie play against your Chiefs? Yes, he will.
0: Good call, Razor. Hey, thanks for joining us, champ. Last minute, I appreciate it. Um, Look, I'll I'll cut straight to the chase. I know, mate, this is when when you played and now when you're coaching, you love a couple of weeks like this. I know you do. You get up. Uh, you know, you've got the Chiefs and the Blues at home and they're there are a, tough, a couple of tough challenges. Um, you've got some challenges ahead of you as well, I guess. Um, I wanted to tap into your area of expertise where you played the Lucys. And I know you're not too proud, um, you know, to, to make honest comments. You know, you've you brought Pablo Matera over uh, from Argentina. You got you got Ethan Black at it back. Um, you know, Scott Barrett's a possibility. I don't know whether you think about playing him at six. Like, for these two big games, mate, are you happy with where your lucies are at the moment, and are you, or are you looking to tweak them? Um, where, where are you sitting in that area?
2: Yeah, good question. I miss Queenstown, mate. That was such a good time. Side <laughs> uh, note, but was oh man, it was awesome down there, um, mate. Never had a camp. It's like a pre-season camp for us. I think I mentioned last time on we um, got really tight down there, and just leading onto the lucies off the back of it, it um, was perfect for Pablo uh, because. Or kept your environment, long lunches and dinners and um, mm. just spending a little more time around the computers and doing bobs off the wharf and stuff. So he just connected really with the group and, you know, took a couple of games. The first game he, he admitted that he was a little bit um, cocked himself, the emotion of the week, and man, he spoke so well after the game mm. around how proud he was to, to the team that he grew up watching. You know, the Crusaders... We're the team in Argentina that everyone looked good for Holy, This is, you know, could never play for them. And he said, Look, if i spy one Argentinian player to, um, to play rugby or even to pay for the crochets, i do what I've done. I've, I've, I've fulfilled my job, you know. It was a real legacy chat. And like, well, it was really emotional. There's a lot of heart in it. And and I think once he's got that out of, the, out of the way, the last two games, he's, you know, stepped up nicely and he's put a bit of pressure for us to pick him. Um, Good thing he can play six or eight, um Tom Christie's a tackling machine and perfect for what we need um obviously Colin Grace is coming back so and, and my Ethan was Ethan when he just stood on the train tracks and never stopped
0: yeah. yeah so you won't you won't experiment around there for the next two games you you'll you'll settle on a an eight a six and a seven or um,
2: yeah. yeah good question um yeah I, I think it's, it's a little bit performance based so if they go well this week they'll they'll go on well to next week. And they're yep. two different styles of teams you're playing, the Blues and the Chiefs. Um, they've just got, you know, a little bit of a different DNA, haven't they, the, the Chiefs and the way they're playing and the physicality and got a little bit, you know, like to, to give the ball a little more than it, than probably more of a structured Blues team. So, um it will balance it after the performance this week.
0: Good answer, mate, because it led me on perfectly. segue to my next question, which was, about yeah. the Chiefs, like you've obviously done your analysis, you've seen them play. It's a simple question: Where do you think their biggest strength lies? What makes them as good as what they are?
2: Um, Chiefs are, Chiefs are rugged. You know, it's all in their name. Chief Munner, they've got a lot of pride in it. That's in their contact and their physicality. And when they when they get that right, especially in the Crusaders, you know, games in the past, it's been really difficult for us to get going. You know, they, they're Dave Rennie? glory days of um, you know, kickling anything within five metres of the ball and mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, an attack and, and the brutality off it. So, that's the thing, that's that physicality and, um, you know, when they've been this in the last couple of you know, times it either it was in Fiji or up there that, you know, that's where they've got us around that breakdown and, um, you know, when Sam came he's, he's goes, you know in the game to get a hit on the ball. So, we're aware of that. Now they know that we know it so nothing new but um, and they've got some players that can, can light it up. When you've got um, Anton or, you know, Peter Gussakou, who's you know, jeez, he could play league, couldn't he? How many mm-hmm. carries He's, got nice <laughs> he's playing well. Holy moly. Oh, 31.20K. just gone. <laughs> he's got a little bit of footwork in him too. Go low, you know, brother. Go low. Like, no. <laughs> Grab a bootlace, mate. It's You come on his back, I'll take his knees. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Razor, you'd be happy you're not you're not still playing today, having to tackle that coming off, coming the other way.
2: Oh, mate, hey, look, I I played inside Mertz and just my <laughs> majority of so I I always when I played with Mertz, I double my tackle counts, I would make his and mine, and then I was just had to I had to start marshes and here to finish it. Mate, my tackle counts <laughs> those <two> were amazing. <laughs>
1: Razor, <laughs> I thought, you know, there was a lot of blokes you gave an opportunity uh, last weekend and uh, one of them, I you know, I guess is probably uh, the least celebrated, I guess maybe, of your outside backs. You know, it's a rock and roll Will Jordan and Sevu Reese and, and, you know, David Harvili sometimes playing at, at fullback in Leicester and things. But I thought George Bridge gave a really good account of himself, not just with the ball, but I thought he was excellent defensively, particularly in that first half when you're under the cosh at times.
2: Yeah service class didn't he um, oh, oh, look it just on off the wall his work rate It's incredible he's got a good instinct to, to get in the right place um, and he just gave us those little half breaks and breaches that we needed to you know look young back in the, we didn't quite have the cohesion and take the opportunities that were given to us you know we made him tackle a lot but he's just got the ability to keep his feet uh, bridgy you know after you know, in contact just post contact um, and you know look he's got He's got a bit to prove this week, for, this year for himself. Sorry, he's got, um, you know, after the pick of last year, he felt he could have improved in a lot of areas. So, you know, he's first at training, last on the field, and just all the little things. It just shows why he's, you know, he's been one of the premier wings in our game for the last few years.
0: Well, Razor, mate, really
2: appreciate you joining us. It's a big
0: week. Like I said, you love these these weeks, this, you get, yeah, getting yeah. through the weekend and then yeah. flying into the blues. Get stuck in, mate, and um, all the very best. Good luck for, for what you've got coming ahead. Thanks for joining us, buddy.
1: Yeah, cheers again. Thanks for having me. There you go, Razor Robertson, coach of the Crusaders. Big game this weekend against uh, the Chiefs, and that's going to be a physical battle, man. There's some big bodies there. I tell you, Marshall, we didn't really talk much about the Chiefs uh, leading into that chat, but a guy who, uh, watching the Blues game, that really stood out to me was Josh Lord. Um, I thought he had an excellent game, and and, you know I I looked at him and I was like, man, there's a guy that's really going to be challenging Scott Barrett for that third locking place if he keeps playing this way.
0: Yeah, and the combo was good too, wasn't mm. it, Ricardo? Because, like, Retellick, man, if, if he was slightly missing, I don't know if you heard me making a few comments at the start of the yeah. year, but <laughs> if he did, he certainly um, has, has proved me to be wrong because uh, his physicality was outstanding, and Lord's got a different set of skills that complement what Ritalic does. Like, mate, there was one stage there in that game where poor old Dalton Papa lately, and, lo- and not a lot of people feel sorry for open sides because they're niggly. They're trying to slow the ball down. Retellic just came in and honestly, he got him just up under the ribcage with his shoulder and cleaned him out and left him flat on his back. And I thought, oh my God, I'm so happy I'm retired. But <laughs> no, you're right. You know, they—they they, they, I think Razor's bang on. They are very physical side when they want to be. You know, you throw the likes of uh into the mix and the way Sawakula's playing. That's the best game. And, uh, and, and I, I honestly, you know, mean this. Without a shadow of a doubt, that I've seen Sam Kane play in possibly a year, Jeezy he, he was good. He was up against Papa Lee and uh, man, he was just absolutely. That's the that's the Sam Kane that we know and we know well. Um, they, they are a, a forward pack that needs to be really well watched, and uh, if you let them loose. You'll struggle to contain them, and it sounds like he's already aware of that razor.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. Now, uh, actually, pick up on something uh, on your commentary on the weekend, you weren't uh, you went backwards and coming forwards with some uh, criticisms of uh, the referee. I noticed there was about three or four times that you called the referee out on making mistakes. I thought, Are you, did, have you, you had, have you had a word to to your old mate Jamie Nutbrown to have a word?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Not quite. I need to get Jacko into the mix again. He knows what it's like on the other side now, um, but. Yeah, look, I, I just think that there was a couple of instances there where it was a bit too pedantic, and and, and a couple of clear and obvious um, opportunities that, and, and you know this wasn't easy for me to say, but you've got to you've got to be um, very well balanced and unbiased. Where you know Moana Pacifica didn't really get the rub of the green. One was a driving mall that I thought was he prematurely um, called them on, and another one was when they got an early turnover. And teams that are playing against the likes of the Crusaders who are new in this competition. They don't need the ref to be giving them bad decisions. That was and, when he
1: called Stowers for overbridging, yeah, wasn't it? And yeah. I was like, "What the hell is overbridging?"
0: Yeah, so did He, he was over-long, is what he was <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, but anyway, because we 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 showed the replay on Sky, and he went directly onto the ball. But my my point is that referee can ill afford to get those wrong in general, but it certainly doesn't help teams who. No, they're not going to get the amount of ball or position or territory. And when they constantly get, they get two or three against them that are at, they're they're quite clearly wrong. It snowballs on them. So I thought that was a bit unfair for Minor Pacifica. Yeah, yeah. But mate, it's not it's not unlike me to you know take the piss or have a crack at referees. It's, nothing's changed in 25 years for whether I had the boots on or off.
1: You just can't get binned for it now, so that's good. No, that's bonus. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good stuff, Marshy. It's been another great In the Red. I look forward to catching up with you again on Sunday, eh?
0: Yeah, likewise, Ricardo, um, and enjoy your next show with Ala. I'm um, looking forward to his thoughts on Moana Pacifica. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Uh, this has been In The Red, Justin Marshall with us. Uh, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, it's all about Moana Pacifica. It is Pacific Flair with myself and Peter Alatini.